No, I think I'm going to leave, Lady Devon. Oh, Mr. David, how wonderful. You're wonderful, you know, but she'd kill me on the spot if she knew. Or else have me arrested or something. That's so cruel of her. What could she have you arrested for? Hundreds of things. There's hardly a law I haven't violated at some time or another. She'd just make one up if she wasn't satisfied. Why can't we just go to California or Mexico? She'd never find us there, and then we could have each other. But she would find us. We wouldn't even get a hundred miles out of town before she'd have the police out. Why do we have to go through all this? I don't care where we go. Please, Mr. David, let's get a room upstairs so we can perform acts. I feel lonely without you, and I miss you. And all you ever do is talk about Lady Devine. I hate her. She's making you miserable and me miserable. Let's kill her. Shh, quiet. Keep your voice down. This place is crawling with cops. She has spies everywhere. She'll be notified. You are listening to They Must Be Destroyed on Sight. The following podcast contains adult language, adult situations, and spoilers for the movies discussed occur often. You have been warned. Now, take it away, Dr. Rausch. They must be destroyed on sight. Welcome back. It is They Must Be Destroyed on Site Intermission, number 30. And uh, this is actually the first one that uh, our new co-host, Lady Lee, has been a part of. How are you doing? I'm doing fantastic. Excellent. Little little recovery day for me today. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> so here we are. Uh, it is me, Lee, the most flagrant violation of natural law known to man, Russell. And as I said, Lee, I'm not a bleach blonde hussy that goes around screwing unhired gigolos hardy. We're going to be doing a little intermission here. And this is a, actually a suggestion from you, uh, which is, I got to say, really cool because this is kind of a blind spot in my uh, sort of uh, film watching repertoire, I guess, uh, my film geekhood. I, I have not seen a lot of John Waters stuff. So this was a good suggestion. I don't even know how we came on to this one i just remember i knew i had a streaming service that had it like it's the only mm-hmm. i think it's the only john waters one that's on there but i don't even remember how <laughs> i just remember we said multiple maniacs We're like Let's do it <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah so uh so as lee said uh, we're we are going to be covering multiple maniacs from 1970 uh the john waters film uh his first talkie and then like i said like i know of john waters i've seen some of his films like you know being a bit of a film geek and especially one who likes like lower budget trashy films it's a little bit embarrassing for me to say like i haven't really dug deep into his filmography so this is like a first time watch for me and also i just get the feeling that with our big master list for our regular show i probably would have never occurred to me to put this on there for some reason, I, I probably just would have mentally, I just would have been a, like a block. It would have skipped for me. And uh, <laughs> so uh, it's good that you suggested it. Happy I could help. <laughs> hmm. Yeah, yeah. So we're going to take a quick little break. We're going to play podcast promo and some music. And then we're going to come back and we're going to talk about multiple maniacs. Uh, there's this show called Movie Melt and you probably know about it. 
uh, and it's once every two. I have no idea how often this is uploaded. <laughs> and it's a show where a bunch of compañeros get together and we play some fun games, trivia mainly. Uh, we talk about new releases. Uh, we have some fun games where we try and guess the title of a movie based on stuff that really probably religious people write on IMDb. <laughs> Yeah, it takes about 20 hours to record. There's always a failure midway through. Uh, and then the highlight of the week of the, of the show is uh, reviewing a movie. Usually it's kind of a interesting, lesser-known cult-type movie, and it's uh, quite enjoyable. It sounds good in theory, yes. <laughs> I might have a listen one day. Ooh. Wow. Wow. She's nowhere around Traced her footsteps down to the shore Phrase she's gone forevermore I looked at the sea and it seemed the same I took it from you away I heard a voice crying in the deep Come join me baby in my endless sleep Has gone from me. I looked at the sea and it seemed to say, I took your baby from you away. I heard a voice crying in the deep, Come join me, baby, in my endless sleep. Maniacs from John Waters, 1970, and we have a trailer here. Yes, folks, this isn't any cheap X-rated movie or any fifth-rate porno play. This is the show you want. Lady Divine's Cavalcade of Perversions. The sleaziest show on earth. Not actors, not paid imposters, but real, actual filth. Who have been carefully screened in order to present to you the most flagrant violation of natural law known to man. You're sick and repulsed. You, my dear, are dead. 
That's right. Stick those rosary beads where the sun don't shine. It's a rosary job. Is a rosary it? job. Yeah. 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 That's what she said in the movie. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I cackled when she said that. I just, I, that was like that big laugh out loud moment where you're just mm-hmm. like, no way. <laughs> I just say that. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So this is written, directed by John Waters. Just quick on him. So he, he was making films super early in his life. He, and then around the mid 60s, he was making eight millimeter and 16 millimeter films. This is shot on 16 millimeter and all of his stuff, especially up front in, in the 70s, was uh, filled with like transgressive violence and gore and taboo subject matter attracted a pretty good uh, sort of counterculture outsider kind of following uh, gays and lesbian content, of course, and spoke to an audience that a lot of movies weren't really speaking to, not only just then, but pretty much throughout all film history. He's known as the Pope of Trash, uh, the Prince of Puke, uh, or some of the monikers he he earned over his career. And uh, he sort of wears those as uh, badges of pride from what mm-hmm. I've seen in interviews. Uh, some of his most well-known uh, films after this are like Pink Flamingos and Female Trouble from 72 and 74. And uh, of course he hit it big in sort of like the mainstream, the sort of more, I wouldn't say sanitized, but it appears like they're sanitized versions of what he does in the Hairspray in 1988 a uh, serial bomb in 1994, which um, like I was saying in the, in the uh, opening here, how my experience with John Waters is very limited serial mom up until now, spoilers was my favorite film of his uh, that I'd seen. So, um, but, but that from 1994. And of course uh, he did a lot of these with his dreamland acting troupe of uh, miscreants and friends and, uh, and people that sadly a lot of them are dead now. AIDS epi- epidemic, drug abuse, that sort of thing. A lot of them are sort of fallen by the wayside, but uh, he's still kicking. This is starring Divine as Lady Divine, David Lockery as Mr. David, Mary Vian Pierce as Bonnie, uh, and she also pl- she also doubles as a, a cavalcade pa- patron. Uh, a couple people here double um, as uh, you know the the suckers they bring into their little uh, freak show and. Uh, Rob, and then later on, Kill. Uh, Mink Stoll is Mink. Cookie Mueller as Cookie Divine. Edith Massey is Edith. What are you going to say? I was going to say, I like how they keep the names. Yeah. I mean, they, they keep it really simple here. I mean, as we get into this, we'll talk about it, but this is very low budget and very amateur to the point where it's like, it makes sense that you'll name the characters after the people you're casting. Because that way they won't get confused because some of these people in this are, they are not actors at all. Really um, bad. <laughs> yeah. Uh, we have uh, Edith Massey's Edith uh, and also the Virgin Mary at, at one point. Uh, Susan Lowe is Cavalcade Pervert. <laughs> uh, Rick Morrow is Ricky. Uh, Howard Gruber is Gilbert and Paul Swift as Steve, Cookie's boyfriend. And we have a little synopsis here that does not do the film justice at all, but uh, (laughs) 
this the traveling sideshow lady divine's cavalcade of perversions is actually a front for a group of psychotic kidnappers of lady divine herself the most vicious and depraved of all but her life changes after she gets raped by a 15 foot lobster well that kind of bookends the film yeah <laughs> i was gonna, i was gonna say like that's like that's like okay let's let's make it seem like it's the whole point of the story but they're mm. literally summarizing like the last five minutes of the movie. <laughs> yeah, pretty much, pretty much. Jeezy. <laughs> hey, it's not my synopsis, so could have uh, had a better one. <laughs> yeah, well, there was another one that was basically it just went through the entire plot of the film, and I was like, I'm not gonna truncate this. Oh, I so, saw that too. Yeah, uh, so this was by Michael Brook. Uh, I mean, good on you, Michael. This works for like the back of the VHS back in the. 80s or something maybe but you know yeah, give you give you the ending away so that when you watch the whole movie you're like oh there's the lobster mm. <laughs> which which by the way like how random is that who thinks let's throw a lobster in to rape divine mm. well i I, th- I think we'll get into that but uh but before we do when's the first time you watched uh this lee this is actually the first time i've watched it from the beginning to oh okay okay yeah I did watch uh, it the one time and I I fell asleep. Um, (laughs) So this time I was able to hunker down and actually watch it properly. Mm -hmm. And uh, what are your sort of like uh, general thoughts on it? Okay. So (laughs) it's, it's one of those movies where I kind of have like a a love hate relationship with it because I Mm -hmm. love it because it's so out there. Like it's so fucked up the whole intro the whole middle like everything everything like this movie wouldn't work if it wasn't for the bad acting and like the ridiculous um scenes it's just it's so well done like john waters is just like a mad genius like the guy is Mm -hmm. just he's true like not i don't want to say like non-mainstream but he's like true um grunge and gore and that kind of stuff like he's a true he he is he he epitomizes trash cinema i think yeah he's like, like with a true person when it comes to that kind of art form mm-hmm. like that really rejected from mainstream society art like he's the opposite he's he's literally uh, the one who spits on it he's a the, the way i kind of think of it is he's a big gay middle finger to normal america basically like yeah he's, he's kind of like no, I reject all the things you hold sacred, or at least I'm going to tell you I reject them because I want to shake you up and piss you off and 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 make you a, a little a little unsure and scared about the the things you hold true. He uses art in the most amazing way to give the middle finger to you. Because mm-hmm. I I actually took a, a psychology of art class, and they were always talking about what defines good art what defines bad art and realistically all all the class taught me was that art is subjective most people who are insanely (laughs) artistic tend to be suffering from some sort of mental health problem Mm -hmm. and people can kind of do what they want and like what's the limitations of showing and doing and what's the cathartic experience and all that stuff so this is i kind of took all the learnings that i learned from that class and put it into this because this was the perfect example like this is just somebody who said like threw away the book and was like okay, let's do this. I've got what? I think it was Mm $5,000. And let's just make, let's just make a a fuckery. (laughs) $5,000 in Baltimore. He got a, his group of friends 
let's shoot this film. We only have a limited amount of film, so we can't do uh, we can't do multiple takes or anything like that. And I mean, this this film has flubbed lines. It's got bad looking scenes that needed multiple takes. Not there. He just left it in the cavalcade of perversion. Those sort of scenes, those opening scenes, I believe they were actually shot on his parents' lawn. So, <laughs> so, I mean, he's doing, it's very much guerrilla filmmaking here. Like from what I read, a lot of the stuff he was shooting, like he did not have permits. So you, you see scenes where stuff is being filmed in the street and there's like actual people just walking down the street, wondering what the fuck is going on. And imagine being in 1970, being like some 60 year old man out on a stroll, you know, you got your cane, you got your proper suit, you're walking down the street and then divine shows up and uh you know she's disheveled uh maybe one of her shoes is off and she's trying to cross the street or whatever the fuck and it's like you you saw something that day you saw something that you probably never saw before in your life and yeah it was hilarious it was awesome to see how much fun a lot of the um, the extras were having too mm-hmm. like even the actors because i know the beginning when they they bring in the first group to rob them they're all on the ground and this one girl who's so she's the one who's like making the most noise mm-hmm. full time she has like she's huge smile on her face yeah and i thought the best is when they put the tape on her face and it moves so she puts it back <laughs> on her face and there was another one who did the same thing and they both like looked like one girl looked like she was just bursting out laughing like try not to laugh mm-hmm. like you just saw that all the people doing this film were just having this like grand old time like they were just you... super enjoying it so when, when they pile all those people together right and after she shoots that one girl for mouthing off you know it's just like you're a you're a pervert and, oh yeah well you're dead and shoots and shoots her and then there's the dude who's like like we got to get her help it's like there's no helping her she's already dead that guy even though he's trying to act scared and stuff he's chewing gum visibly on camera <laughs> i can't even see that he's chewing gum through the whole thing <laughs> it's fucking amazing you could tell it was uh a definitely friends that did this like you mm-hmm. could definitely tell that john waters was like hey guys doing a movie don't really have a budget who wants to be a part of this and i'm kind of happy it became such a like an iconic movie like so many people have seen it and so many people have heard of it uh actually it's kind of cool because rupaul's drag race season six they actually sorry season seven they actually did an episode where it's dedicated to divine and john waters all right so they did yeah they kind of did like a reenactment of some of the the scenes in uh, john waters movies with divine yeah that's cool. Yeah, so I think, yeah, I thought that was pretty cool. Especially since I find that Drag Race now is so about, like, who can be the most refined, prettiest, whatever. And, like, Divine is the opposite. Oh, yeah. Like, total opposite. So that episode, it was so early in the season. Like, in the now they're at 13 seasons. So this is, what, six, seven, seven years ago now? Wow. So you could just see how it went, uh, how mainstream it is now versus, like, what the roots were from this. Like, what kind of brings drag together yeah and and divine is so so uh so divine uh himself did not identify as a woman was just a just a transvestite gay man transvestite and the way that he's playing a woman here is just delightfully like sleazy as fuck like the first time you see her it's from the back and totally nude, just like getting ready for the show or whatever. And like the movie is already being like super transgressive, like just 
I mean, you see, uh, uh, what's her name? Uh, uh, Cookie. She's topless throughout the entire film. Like she's mm. not wearing it, not wearing a top at all. Any time in this film. So um, casual. Mm-hmm. And I, I love the freak show. I love the cavalcade of perversions here. Like some of them are so just not perverse at all, but it, it's having fun with it. Like, it's like, this is what the normies think is really perverse, right? They're, they're attracting all these normies from who, who still dress like they're in the sixties. So you get like uh, stuff like armpit sniffer, uh, the bicycle seat licking woman, uh, the, then you, then you homosexuals making out actual <laughs> queers kissing on the lips. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, it, it, it like escalates. Right. So you start with that. The, the guy like uh, sniffing the bra and like get really yeah. getting off on. It's like, OK. And then you get to the, like the puke eater. <laughs> I know it's fake, but oh. Yeah. Actually, knowing John Waters, you never know, right? <laughs> uh, it actually was like cream corn that he was eating, apparently. But I, I, honestly, cream corn would probably make me want to puke if I was eating it. But, you know, cold cream corn? No, no thanks. Um, then you get like the junkie and the throes of withdrawal. And I think the best thing is like, so this really plays up sort of the fears of the middle class normies as far as like what they thought hippies and freaks and homosexuals and others outsider counterculture people were actually like. So this really plays this up to like, this is your worst possible fear of what these people are like. And of course it's not remotely true at all, but the cool thing is, is like, you notice the people they go to the, they, they go in and watch these things happening. These, and then basically it's a freak show about sexual fetishes is, is what it is. Right. So they go in there and they look at it and they protest and they complain and protest and complain, but they ain't looking away. They keep looking. Yeah. Oh, oh my God. Cover my eyes. Oh my mm-hmm. God. <laughs> they're still staring. Like they're still watching. Oh, yeah. I love when they're just making fun. They're like looking away, doing the whole look thing. Like, oh my God. Like, look, how does she let herself do this? Like, ugh. probably because they're fantasizing about it. <laughs> <laughs> look at her tattoo. She's obviously a dyke or whatever the fuck the line was. Like, oh my God. Man. I had such a good laugh at that. I mean, it, it just, it just feels like Waters is writing down all the bullshit he's heard thrown at himself and his friends. Like to just all the, the shit he grew up hearing, he he puts it on these people as caricatures and he mocks them and makes fun of them and basically sends them up and shows how fucking sad those people are. That's probably, especially for the time, one of the most sort of transgressive things you could have done at, the, at this point in, in cinema. And um, I really appreciated like just watching it. Like I, I was just getting a kick out of it both for the, like the message underneath. And I mean, John Waters, he's pretty, he's pretty fucking humble in interviews I've seen Mm -hmm. uh, talking about this stuff where it's like, I didn't necessarily try to make any big message or anything. I I just wanted to make trashy movies that were outrageous. And because that's what he grew up watching. Like, I mean, his influences are just sort of worn on his sleeves. Like he, he's a big, he was a friend and a big fan of Russ Meyer. Uh, like and you can sort of see a lot of that kind of uh thing here especially (laughs) especially in like especially in the dialogue like the the sort of stilted kind of um pseudo noir dialogue sensationalized dialogue that he just has laced throughout this thing and also he was a big fan of and i don't know if you're familiar with this director or not lee uh herschel gordon lewis don't know him Mm -hmm. okay no so he was 
sort of known as the uh, godfather of gore. Uh, he did a bunch of like exploitation, crime, sleaze films and like the mostly in the 60s and he's kind of like known as the sort of guy who invented the splatter film so he'd take all these like sort of exploitation elements in his films and then he just like drop a lot of like fake blood on them so he did uh blood feast from 1963 and 2000 maniacs from 64 his best best known ones and i'm not going to like play him up as like a great director because he's not like his, his films are actually pretty bad. Like they're, they're really bad. Good but, to know. <laughs> yeah. But I mean, uh, John Waters really loved that stuff. And like, he, he kind of like, in, especially in this film, he, he really sort of homages and replicates what he saw in those sort of films. Like those, those films that were like really on the, on the skids, like on, on the sides of, of uh, Hollywood, like the, the dirty side of Hollywood making these really, B pictures that were just trying new things and doing weird outside the box shit. And he kind of just does that here. And the best thing about it, I think, and this is one of my big takeaways from this is uh, a lot of people like these days want to make like a retro film. Okay. So you, you get like a Rob Zombie or a Quentin Tarantino and they want to make a film that feels like a seventies film. And the problem is there's a little lack of authenticity there because they're hiring professional actors. They're making a big production and they, you know, they can put like grain filters on the digital film or whatever the fuck and make it look like fifth seventies film stock and shit like that. Here, John waters, he's rec recreating those films, but he's doing it exactly the same way that his sort of heroes were doing it in the films that he grew up watching. So, this film looks like a Herschel Gordon Lewis film in the sense that it's got the same amateur actors. It's got the same terrible script, really. It's got the same fucking, we can't do four shots on the scene to like get it right. It, it's just done in one shot and it looks like shit. He's doing all that stuff and he's doing it unironically. And I just think it, it just works fucking perfectly. It's really great. It's such a trip to watch it. Mm-hmm. Like just the from beginning to end. First of all, I find Divine. I really enjoyed uh, their acting. Like I thought it was awesome. Like it stands out. Like yeah. and, and I mean, Divine even was an amateur here. Basically, like everybody here is basically an amateur. But Divine is like legit. Like just good. Like just has it. Like just a star. Like, oh my god! Yeah, just just can act. I watched Divine, and it's like actually struggling with the level of the material. The the material isn't actually up to Divine standards a little bit. The only time it feels weird coming out of Divine's mouth is the fact that maybe the script isn't quite up to snuff. Whereas where everybody else is struggling with their lines and they're shooting them off super fast and they're not really acting, they're just kind of reciting you know lines mm -hmm. and stuff like that. But Divine is just like Divine's a character. Divine is Divine. Like it, it's very much Divine's movie. It is. I found the uh, the interaction with uh, Mr. Dave and Divine. It was a lot of fun. Uh, I found they mm -hmm. played well off each other. Yeah. Yeah. It's kind of sad that he died. He died pretty young. Like he died was thirty two when he passed away. Yeah. It was. Uh, it wasn't. A, I think it was a, a drug overdose. Yeah. 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 Which is very unfortunate. But he. I really enjoyed their chemistry. I thought that was really good. I did enjoy, is it Mink? Yeah. 
yeah, I enjoyed her. I thought she was really funny. She's really like, good. Seduction in the church. Mm-hmm. Like, that was good. She's she's the she's the second best actor in this. Uh, I think um, she's she's really good. Like, and she just looks good. Like, she actually looks like a movie star in this, you know, mm-hmm. kind of thing. And yeah, that that whole hey, we're gonna we're gonna tell the Catholic Church to go fuck itself, basically. And so I can't and, believe they did that. <laughs> it's, like... it's 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 almost the it's almost the entire third act of the film is it, it starts with divine getting raped by like two drug addicts and then she gets picked up by mink and like she's in the church and mink basically seduces her in the church and then gives her the uh the rosary job yeah yeah and then they become girlfriends and all this time there's this whole sort of like monologue thing with divine like talking about you know doing a conversion to religion although you know it's it's definitely not the standard catholic conversion by any means uh but uh she does it and it's interesting there there is a story here of like basically this relationship breaking up and these two new relationships forming and then those two relationships sort of coming to a head and just everything going to shit because (laughs) yeah because mr david he's got this like this new girl he wants to bring on as an act in the show and he's fucking her on the side and divine's like, Oh yeah, I know what's going on here. Fuck her. She's not getting in the show. So they decide, well, we need to get rid of divine. If we, if we can be in love. So we're going to have to kill her at the same time. Divine and mink are like, we need to kill my old boyfriend and, and her and his new tramp. Uh, if, if we're going to be able to, you know, go forward. So it all sort of collides together at the end quite well. I think. Oh my God. Mink getting excited about the death. Mm-hmm. She's actually standing there. She's like, Oh my God. Can we do one now? Oh, oh, I want to keep going. Like, I just, I loved it. I loved it. Like I loved her. Like, she's just, yeah. She's got she a, was a tasty she's, treat. <laughs> she's got a, she's got a death kink, right? She's like, she yeah. names off all these different people that they could kill in the future. She's you know? fantasized about killing. Mm-hmm. She, she, I, I got to say, she. I, I turned on her when she said she fantasized about killing Anne Margaret. I was like, no, no. <laughs> you, you guys can murder the Pope, but you, you don't kill Anne Margaret. Not on my watch. I'm like, <laughs> I ain't doing that. But... <laughs> And, and interesting this was this was out just as you know um the manson murders happened uh there was the manson trial and like this actually like almost in real time as they were filming it was referencing the events of that and as as it was happening they actually rewrote the script a little bit apparently uh as you know, know as, as as people actually got arrested and shit and hmm. they make they make allusions here like sensation right from the headlines kind of thing um which just sort of plays into the kind of movies that john waters was watching back in the day anyway yeah so they try to tie like there's a bit of gaslighting here where uh mr david is so fucked up in the head and can't remember shit he's done that divine has like convinced him that he was a part of the manson murders and that he was one of the ones who killed sharon tate and so he's she's been holding that over him, basically, you know, blackmailing him, you know, into submission. Like, no, you're going to stay with me and you're going to stay in line or I'm going to tell the cops that you had something to do with that Sharon Tate murder. It was funny how they name dropped that. I don't know how many times do like they said mm-hmm. so many times. Apparently it was a bigger subplot in the film that got sort of cut out. 
but uh, it, it, there, you know, there's still a bit of it in there, I guess. So, yeah. It was good. It was good. It was just, it, it was just crazy. Mm-hmm. Like, I feel as if John Waters just had a dream and he's like, here, this is what we're going to do. This is the script. This is going to happen. And we're just going to mm-hmm. reenact my dream. Like, that's, <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's almost like the sense you get because it's just, it's so over the top. Like, it starts off with the tourists getting mugged. So they mm-hmm. actually have the tour and you only see those guys once. It's yeah. only there once and then they get mugged. And then it goes to uh, the longest scene between uh, Divine going to see Mr. Dave. Yeah. Like the longest gap of, oh, by the way, she's going to walk and now she's going to get raped and now she's going to go to church and now she's going to get mm-hmm. a rosary stuck up her ass. And now they're going to talk about doing a murder. And now, they're finally at the restaurant or the, yeah. I don't think it was, re- I think it was a restaurant. Yeah. And you find out that they left 15 minutes ago and it's, it's just, it's just the time. I just remember thinking the time lapse. I was like, what is going on? <laughs> like when you're actually watching it, you're just thinking of this part. You're like, what is going on? <laughs> like, mm. I- <laughs> and I feel like, I feel like with John Waters, he was sort of emulating those sort of trashy films. He liked, yeah, those films didn't make sense either. Like the time didn't make sense. So it's like, I'm just going to do the same thing. It, like, just, just fuck it. I'm just going to, you're not going to care so much because you're much more interested in seeing what divine's going to do next. So it, it does like th- this film doesn't really exist in real time at all. Like it's very much, it get it, it gets super surreal by the end because you get to the lobster rape scene. Yep. <laughs> and I mean that that is that is surreal filmmaking. Like that's basically the way I interpret it anyway. I don't know if you interpret it the same way. It's basically this is after the sort of climax where every almost everybody gets killed except for Divine. She's just like she's surrounded by these dead bodies in her in her daughter's apartment and she's out of her mind at that point. Like she goes crazy. And she's that's where it gets the line, I am divine. And she's just sort of laying there, you know, in her glory. And she has become crazy. And she hallucinates being raped by a giant lobster for some reason. Who knows why? Like, there's there's no it's not a callback to anything. It, it just happens. It is the most random thing. Like, if anything, you're going to think of an ending or something happening or whatever is going to come into the front door. Mm-hmm. Who the fuck thought of a lobster? <laughs> like... I don't know. And then and that, that, that lobster was made for like, um, I think like 43 bucks or something like that. Like... <laughs> they got talent. Yeah. It was it's... huge. It was. It was, so, it was hilarious too, because I understand it was supposed to look like the lobster was raping divine. But mm-hmm. the thing was so big. And they can barely get into the room and barely get it on top of her that it just looks like it's this awkward, like, thing going on. Like, you see the actions happening. Yeah. So you understand what it's supposed to be. And then she's bleeding afterwards. But when you actually watch it, you're just like, is that angle actually accurate? Like, does that actually work? I, mean, I don't understand how lobsters work, but I feel like the positioning was very awkward. Yeah, I don't, <laughs> think, lobs- I don't think lobsters have penises anyway. So it's not like they could actually rape a person, you know? No, well, but at least. Maybe huge. If, maybe if it's claws, I mean, but you know, um, but then, yeah, it's not important. Like that sort of transitions this film into a monster movie, basically, because then the last sequence is Divine rampaging the streets in her fur coat, attacking people and chasing people, and again, you see more, you see more people that were not 
part of the cast walking casually down the street seeing divine chase a group of people and you know so divine's supposed to be attacking anyone she sees but of course she's not attacking like normies just sort of the, the citizens walking down the street she's attacking the group that were hired and again some of them are smiling and laughing because they're having so much fun right to be chased you by divine. It. Yeah. yeah you can just tell mm. you just you just see the group where they're just running away and like half of them have smiles on their faces. Yeah. Which is a good thing. Honestly, uh, I enjoyed the movie more because mm-hmm. I, I have a, a suspicious feeling that the cast really enjoyed doing this movie. Oh, uh, yeah. Cause I, I have done extra work on a TV show. Mm-hmm. Um, Cause there was one in North Bay. So I did extra work and it was the most miserable thing I've ever done. Like if ever I got asked to do that again, I probably wouldn't because I might have two seconds on a screen, maybe if that, and it was like what, 14, 15 hour day of just me sitting around doing nothing and like standing in the cold or standing in the sun or whatever the case may be. It was just, it was very, like it was very, what, uh, what, what was it that you were on? Uh, Carter. Carter. It's a Jerry O'Connell series. Like a, oh, oh, okay. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Like it was just, it was just really long. Cause I was there. I remember being there like first thing in the morning and then we were there to the end of the night and the night. And, and again, like you're hungry, you're tired, you're bored. Like it's just, it's not fun being an extra. And that's why when I saw them and how much fun they were having, I was like, okay, this is kind of cool. Like this is the kind of movie I would want to be an extra in. Like this mm-hmm. is, this would be like that that fun moment where divine is like murdering me. <laughs> yeah. Divine's covered in her own blood and everybody else's blood. And she's just crazed and she's Crying foaming at the at mouth. Yeah. yeah. She just, she just got done like taking a sledgehammer to her car and that yeah. maniac. Like when, when she kept saying like, I'm a maniac mm-hmm. like that just her face, like never, I know they had the makeup, the makeup definitely helps, but her face, her acting, her like the chops she had when she was screaming, like it was, yeah. it was good. Like you felt yeah. it, you felt like her go crazy. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, uh, again, a, a really great performance, like nested in this like movie you wouldn't expect to be good. People not familiar of water, water stuff, you know, they'll they'll see like the first few minutes of this and go like, what the fuck is this? Even you know, if you're not into the sort of trash cinema stuff and you're not into like sort of like the, the high camp that the sort of becomes um, as it goes along. Like it actually starts out like a horror movie really mm-hmm. for, for, for a little bit of it, like a, like a exploitation movie from the seventies or, you know, the late sixties that has like horror elements and stuff. And then it just goes like so over the top and outrageous that you can't take it serious anymore. There, there's still like a great message underneath it, but you can't take like any of the offensive stuff anymore, like serious. I'd have a hard time getting along with anyone who was like actually seriously offended by this because it is very transgressive. And in a way, like it, it does do a lot of, like there's rape. There's, there's uh, a, a shit ton of homophobic slurs, but the way that John Waters is doing it is he's mocking the whole thing behind it. Like he he's he's mocking your slurs. He's he's mocking the the things that you have used to to offend and to put down people like him over the years. He he's sending it up. He's basically throwing it out in the trash. And I I think it's fucking great. I, I really it's a I, big old middle finger to a lot of. I, I, 
I mentioned earlier, like it's just a lot of the mainstream art, like mm-hmm. just and the mainstream movies, mainstream whatever, like every all of it, main, just mainstream styles and people and thinking and everything. It's a big old fuck you. Like it's such a right middle finger, and mm-hmm. it was it was fun while you watched it too. Yeah, um, I, I got to say this is going to be on my. Uh, th- this is a strong contender for my top ten for the end of the year already. So. I'll see when it comes around, just because you have such a library of movies that you watch. Uh, I'll be stoked if it is, though. I will be stoked. Uh, I just, I just have this feeling like it's gonna, it's gonna stay there, and it might be an honorable mention. Just you watch so many movies. Oh, there's. So I'll be excited to see if it stays. There, there's no way. Like, if if it, <laughs> if it does not, if it does not make my top ten, it's definitely going to be in the honorable mentions at the very yeah. least. So, but I just, I just teasing you just because you watch so many movies and it's like we're february right now we've got what 10 more months left (laughs) yeah but who knows who knows what happens you know because we're the way our thing is going we're going to be watching a a bunch of movies from the 30s and 40s and some of them are going to be stinkers i think (laughs) i think i can appreciate this one for just really using art the way art should be used versus like the whole idea of art making money and being like popular Mm and it was really someone who just had this vision and just went for it. And his, like he said, he didn't really have a message, but it was a good way of saying, we're here, we're queer, deal with yep. it. It was well, way, way, wow, well made <laughs> for yeah. the budget, for what they had, for everything. Like you could even tell, because they did a really good job. I find he did a really good job of directing because even when they flubbed the lines, it was uh, very well done that it just kept going. Because yeah. there's one obvious point where the girl makes, messes up the line. Yeah. But she stays in character and still gets that line right. And I think that's really good direction. So instead of encouraging her to kind of stop, it was just like, no, keep that character, keep that line, keep that energy. It doesn't matter if mm-hmm. you flub, like just, just get that line out. Yeah, so it made no. it a little bit more rough and around the edges, which I enjoyed. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know, you, you get a feeling Waters really believed in the people he was working with. And this is like, mm-hmm. yep, let's just let's, let's do it. Like, uh, you know, bottom line, we don't have the money to redo it. So we're just going to do it. And all, all the mistakes and flubs anyway, just kind of play into what Waters wanted. Yeah, from it made anyway. it more authentic. Like it made yeah. it feeling more authentic. So it was, it was good. <laughs> oh my mm. God, cookie. Cookie never wore her shirt. <laughs> I'm not saying I'm complaining, but it's the weirdest thing that Divine was supposed to be the mother and comes out and it's not even like embarrassed or anything. She's like, Oh, hi mom. <laughs> yeah. No, she's 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 with her new boyfriend and like they're basically just making out and fucking and and, and Divine walks in and is like, Oh, this is my new boyfriend. Oh hi. If I knew you're gonna be here, I would have gotten some extra like you know jewelry and stuff i stole from the people to give to you and stuff you know like it's it's interesting there's actually like there's actually a good mother-daughter relationship in this film too they actually care about each other there there's actually like some family values in here where it's it's mocking traditional family values and traditional family structure but at the same time divine and her daughter like they obviously like love and care about each other and respect each other and try to do right by each other it's just in there you know, yeah. if you, if you look for it, it's actually in there. Yeah, it is. They, the The fact that the the boyfriend, uh, Mr. Dave, was trying to make fun of Cookie, and mm-hmm. Cookie even said, "No, my mom's proud of me." Yeah, and my mom thinks I'm awesome. And I thought that was that was kind of cool, because mm-hmm. uh, yeah, I think it is a, a good way to make fun of. And I think it's also like an ode to just 
being respectful to your kids, like, because they might not turn out the way you want them to, but yeah. love your fucking kids. Like, don't be that asshole who's, oh, you got to give them tough love. And uh, if they don't turn out the way you want to, you shun them out of your family. Mm-hmm. Like, it's yeah. just, that's, that was, especially uh, back then, especially in um, the gay community. Drag was seen as something terrible. Like, people were getting arrested and beat up and killed yeah. uh, for dressing up. Like, I don't understand how harmful it is to watch a guy dress up as a woman or a woman dress up as a guy. Like, it's just clothing. But it was seen as such a the devil's work or such a terrible thing, taking down masculinity, that this was kind of this beautiful, who cares how crazy your family is? It's your family. Like, Mm -hmm. appreciate who you have and love them for who they are. Don't hate on them. I don't know if I'd hang around topless with my mom, but <laughs> I mean, you know, different strokes for different folks. Yeah, but I can definitely appreciate. I thought that, like you said, I thought it was kind of a, a kind of cute moment of the family yeah. was fucked up, but they sure as hell loved each other. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, like you like you said earlier, budget for this was five thousand. Uh, it had a pretty good box office considering uh thirty three thousand uh, dollars for uh, returns on box office, and I'm sure it's actually probably gained a lot more money over the years as far as like your home video releases and stuff like that. As far as releases go, uh, you can get this on Criterion DVD and Blu-ray from uh, 2017 uh, that was released. It's on Amazon Prime Vudu. Uh, there's actually a version on YouTube that's like, it's got like six minutes cut out of it. And it's, it's definitely not the restored version from the Criterion uh, print or whatever. And you can also see the Criterion print on the thing you shared with me on uh, OTV Go, if you want to subscribe to that, which is uh, got all kinds of uh, LGBT uh, movies and content on it, which is, uh, there's some interesting stuff on there. That's, uh, there is. Yeah. yeah. It used to have more. It unfortunately, because uh, when RuPaul's Drag Race first came out, that was the only uh, streaming service that had it mm-hmm. up to date too. So I was right on it. Um, and even like all the drag stuff. Cause I'm, I'm a, a huge fan of drag. I've, <laughs> I've been obsessed with drag, uh, since I was a kid. I think like Tu Wong Fu was one of the first movies I saw. Oh uh, yeah. Yeah. So, um, I got that. And when it first started, it was massive. There was huge amounts of just promotion of LGBTQ stuff, but unfortunately now it's become mainstream. So now they're looking for more of like the, the hidden gems or the more mm-hmm. unusual stuff, uh, versus what before was just loaded with, um, a bunch of stuff, but now being gay has become more popular, <laughs> which is a good thing. But... I, 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 was, I was browsing that and there's like a, um, I think there's like a, uh, like a Mormon missionary gay movie or something on there too. Like I haven't looked at it in a while. <laughs> it looked like, it looked like two Mormon missionaries and one of them was like, one of them was praying and the other one's kind of looking at him like, I want to, take that white shirt and pants right off you and rip those Mormon under underpants off. And they have a, they have a few interesting things. It's all about promoting LGBT Mm -hmm. um, artwork and art forms and all that stuff. So yeah, there's definitely some, there's definitely some really bad stuff. Like I've watched the movies where I'm like, what am I watching? And there's some, like I said, there's some hidden gems in there. This is on there, but Mm. uh, yeah, John Waters, obviously. Yeah, newsflash, just like everybody else, sometimes the gays make bad movies, too. It's fine. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Only human. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, So just a quick little bit of trivia here. Um, So uh, Cookie introduces her boyfriend, Steve, as a weatherman. 
And uh, this is a reference uh, to the Weather Underground, uh, which was a radical left militant group formed in 1969 and was defunct in 77. And they're responsible for bombings of the U.S. Capitol, Pentagon and State Department. So not know that. Yeah. So, again, just just sort of tying into current events, this film was kind of doing uh, the original ending was supposed to link divine to the Charles Manson murders. But when it was discovered that the Manson family was responsible, the ending was changed to what is in the final film. So that's, they're like, actually the, the, the revelations of the actual Manson trials ruined the original ending of this film, basically. That's hilarious. <laughs> <laughs> so divine was originally going to be responsible for Sharon Tate, Tate's murder, apparently, which, you yeah, know, okay. Just to just put a little uh, cap on this. John waters uh, was quoted in saying, I made this film which glorified violence at the peak of the hippie love generation, but hippies liked it. Part of his success was to offend my target audience in a humorous way. Of course, that now that sounds much more calculated than I was. He's also sort of gone on to like lament that uh, he can't really make offensive movies like this anymore because they just wouldn't like we're we're kind of sadly we're kind of in a time where if this movie premiered today, it probably wouldn't get released probably wouldn't be seen you know like it's just kind of he's gotten to the point where if he made if he made this movie today he would probably get pushed back from sectors of the lgbt community i think and and sadly i feel like sometimes some of his films have kind of been grandfathered into acceptance Mm -hmm. i think it's just you know younger people misreading his films as well you know but um it is true yeah yeah yeah, because yeah. even um, if you think about Rocky Horror Picture Show, that one has been, it was such a, a revelation movie for a lot of uh, trans. Mm-hmm. It was like the first time there was anything talk about trans in movies. And yeah. now um, people are talking about how it's transphobic. And yeah. it's a lot of the older generation of the LGBT community who's like, no, 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 no. Like, do not do that. Do not take that. Uh, so it's uh, trying to educate people that it's not it wasn't the same time back then. Yeah, I don't think they could do something like that again. Yeah, yeah. it had its time, and he did such a good job with it. Yeah, you got to keep it in context. I mean, it, it's fair to be critical of of stuff, you know, and and definitely call out shit that was of its time that might have been wrongheaded or you know, there's been rethinking of. But to like just outright dismiss somebody. You know, to, to dismiss a John Waters film, I think, is you're actually kind of hurting yourself. You're kind of hurting the message if, mm-hmm. if you do that, you know, because mm-hmm. because nobody's perfect. Anyone looking for like for the bright, perfect epitome of like, this is the ultimate gay movie that gets everything right and all that shit. Like, that's not going to happen. Nobody's perfect. Everybody's everybody's making their art from what they know and where they come from and stuff. So it's going to be different all across the board. But and well, we have to to rewind a little bit on why this movie would not be accepted today. There was a fucking scene where a rosary got shoved in an asshole mm-hmm. in a church. Yeah, yeah, divine, divine, <laughs> divine, dis, divine displayed the hams like this. You know, stuck them out there several times in the film, and uh, Mink Stoll is shoving a rosary up her ass in the church and mm-hmm. licking her ass. And Divine is loving every second of it. And that, like the whole the whole soundtrack is dominated basically by Divine going, Oh yes. Oh, oh. Yeah, yeah. 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 So no. I think that alone. 
<laughs> uh, Catholics, you might not want to watch this film. Just <laughs> Unless you can laugh. Like if you, you can, can laugh, laugh if you can laugh at how silly your religion actually is, then you might. Yeah. 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 So Lee, this was a lot of fun. Uh, we're going to be doing a lot more of these since we were on the sort of like the two week schedule with the um, regular podcast. And now that Lee is a co-host and she's bringing a lot of uh, new suggestions and stuff to the podcast, we're going to start like trying to knock off a few more intermission episodes, have some in the can that way I can every once in a while, you know, stick an extra episode in there in the rotation and, uh, just you, the people out there, have more to uh, listen to. So get to listen to us banter. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, again, thank you for uh, bringing this movie uh, to the podcast. Like I said, I really enjoyed it. So um, yeah, I'm happy that I could bring something to you this time versus you just dumping a whole bunch of movies on me. <laughs> every time we talk. You're like, hey, you got to watch this. Hey, you got to watch this. And I write these down, so I have these little posted notes everywhere of like movies I have to watch. Mm-hmm. And I'm amazed if I get to half of them because it just keeps getting piled on. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I'll try to hold off a little bit. Um, you know, you've, you've you've only probably got like an extra like twenty years on me to to watch all these eventually. You know, before you die. So it's- there's only. There's only a 10 year difference between us. <laughs> yeah, but I'm, I got a feeling you'll live longer. Um, so, uh, yeah, we'll be back when we're back. Uh, you can find all our stuff at tmbdos.podbean.com. You should already know this. If you're listening to intermission episodes, you probably listen to the main podcast. So, what the, what the fuck am I even doing? Like saying this shit every episode? I don't know. It's practice. It's, I guess it's, it's just, you know, it's just, it's just the sad reality of my life where I just recite lines now and uh, let more smart people talk around me. That's, that's what I do. Um, I'm a, I'm a lady. I can't be smarter than you. Oh yeah. <laughs> uh, but yeah. Uh, <laughs> until next time. Uh, thank you, Lee. Uh, and thank you thank guys you. for listening and uh, we'll talk to you later. Bye-bye. Bye.
Thank you for listening to They Must Be Destroyed on Sight. For further episodes, our Apple Podcasts, Facebook, and YouTube links, please go to tmbdos.podbean.com. Thank you. Drive through. <laughs>